0: Hey there, Boardroom Podcast listeners. I want to tell you about the California Gold Surf Auction, which is coming up this spring, April 15th through April 29th, two weeks. We'll have the catalog online and over 50 lots. Incredible historic and culturally significant surfboards on the auction block. Boards by Mike Diffenderfer, Rennie Yater, Greg Knoll, Mickey Dora, Jerry Lopez, Lightning Bolt, Barry Kanayapune, Glenn Minami. Al Merrick, John Kelly, Mike Doyle, Hanson, Zephyr Surfboards, and many, many others. You can check out the catalog in early April at auctions.thevintagesurfauctions.com. That's plural, auctions.thevintagesurfauctions.com. Hey, coming up this fall, October 8th and 9th, the boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks this year honoring icon of foam Timmy Patterson. For more information visit BoardroomShow.com There are some really good documentary surf films, origin stories. Who was there first? How did they get there? Of course, all documentary surf films must attempt the high bar that is The Endless Summer. A Herculean feat, no doubt. Keep It a Secret is a documentary film. It's the origin story about surfing in Ireland. I found the film entertaining, informative, and engaging. I especially enjoyed the political context the film uses as a backdrop and as a mirror reflecting back certain ideas and norms of that particular culture. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, the producer and director of the film, Keep It a Secret, Mr. Sean Duggan. Let us begin. Uh, Welcome everybody to the Boardroom Podcast. My name is Scott Bass. I'm joined now by Sean. I want to say Duggan. Is it Duggan?
1: It's Duggan. That's correct.
0: Sean Duggan, who is the documentarian, and he has made a new film called Keep It a Secret. Before we get into the movie, why don't you tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about about you. Where, Where do you live? What do you do for a living? When did you start surfing? Stuff like that
1: yeah sure well hey, thanks for having me on scott great to chat with you uh yeah on my background i grew up in uh jersey um so an east coaster um but um yeah and lived in new york uh actually recently uh, uh six months ago moved to los angeles so i'm very recently a west coaster i'm uh living in a mar vista now oh
2: cool um,
1: but um yeah grew up uh, an irish-american family uh in new jersey All my grandparents uh, emigrated from Ireland in like the twenties, and you know uh, I've been in media and advertising. uh, A lot of uh, appropriate that we're doing a podcast. uh, Have worked in audio and uh, for uh, Sirius XM and Pandora for the last like thirteen years. Um, But um, you know I've always been uh, passionate about uh, like three things most of my adult life. uh, One being um, music. second uh, being um, movies and then third uh, probably the last 15-20 years surfing. Uh, So you know the keyhole kind of uh, into this film was uh, you know I kind of about five years ago I started working on some film projects and you know jotting down ideas and you know one idea was just like wrote on a yellow sheet of paper like surfing origin story Ireland and that was a kind of that was the beginning of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, a um, couple of things. Um, you mentioned music. Are you a musician? Do you play a musical instrument?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I play, uh, you know, played the kind of started out with guitar uh, in my late teens and then, uh, you know, played, uh, played in- actually Irish music in my early 20s and Irish bars in New York City and then uh, migrated but always was into rock too so played uh, bands in the uh, Lower East Side of New York uh, from my 20s 30s and then uh, and then uh, yeah also uh, you know my wife uh, actually ha- brings the real musical talent her, her, uh, her family were professional musicians so I'm hoping oh. the kids genetically, uh, they get my passion, but the talent comes from uh, the Kohatsu side of the family.
0: Wow, cool. Wow. OK, so and and you mentioned, um, you know, film ideas. And so I'm wondering, is this your first film or uh, like, how immersed in the film industry are you?
1: Yeah. So um, it is my first film. Yeah. This, you know, I, you know, basically about five years ago, I started doing some like small film projects in uh, New York, like short films, um, you know, stuff related to Brooklyn um a passionate uh urban farmer urban grower so I did a lot of cool. films uh like uh on like short little films on it growing in uh in Brooklyn um Miss Brooklyn uh, but uh love it here already in LA um yeah and then you know but I I knew that like if I hate if I wanted to really pursue film you know I started talking to friends who are in the film business and it's like you know the two keyholes in was like you either got to option something or come up with an idea of your own. And, you know, kind of start sketching out ideas. And, you know, when I started this uh, journey, it was very much, uh, you know, in the mindset that I would produce it um, but have a director attached to which I did at the beginning, you know, when it started um, had a Dublin uh, based uh, director attached briefly to it. But, uh, you know, as you're familiar already with film, it's like, know, No two projects that are the same. And it's you start off with one destination and it's just a matter of how many degrees off of it. And so uh, for not uncommon, uh, the person had to move on to another project. It, other conflicts came up. And so it was kind of left to me. I was like, oh, well, until I find somebody, I'll just keep it moving forward. And then all of a sudden, you know, I find myself wrapping up the film, and then you know, like, you know, some friends, even my associate producer, was like, "So, so you're gonna direct this thing?" I'm like, "Well, unless Werner Herzog taps me on the shoulder, uh, if he does, I'm, I'm I'm fully turning it over because I'm a huge Werner Herzog fan." But that 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 did not happen. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, about a year ago, uh, really kind of uh, some things clicked. I did a crowdfunding campaign, which enabled me to like you know, bring on the resources, bring on a professional editor, because I, I had been editing it up to that point on my own, and brought on a professional editor, a great editor named Jake Cooper. And then, um, and then you know, we released it, uh, finished it up, uh, I guess, in June, because we were targeting to try to get into some festivals uh, this past fall, which I was delighted that we did get into, and uh, then premiered it in Belfast, and then uh, Doc NYC um, this fall, past cool. fall.
0: That's great. That's great, and and you know, you bring up something that I think is really interesting. And if you've made a documentary film, you know this, but um, unlike you know, sort of a, uh, well, document documentaries generally they kind of take on a life of their own. Like as soon as you uncover some B roll or some media that you didn't know was available, you're like, oh my god, this story is now going over here. You know, yeah. and this guy said this, and he said I should interview this guy, and now all of a sudden. What I had planned to do um, has changed drastically. And I think you sort of spoke to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. totally.
0: Um, well, let's get into the film a little bit, if you don't mind. I, I'm wary of giving up too much because we want people to go see the film again. It's Keep It a Secret and it's um going to be showing and are you you're showing it in la like this week or something actually
1: or? a couple weeks out it's going to be uh the west coast premiere will be at the oceanside um international film festival and that's going to be on a uh, saturday the 26th of february so a couple weeks out and then uh you know all of a sudden you know we were kind of we thought we'd ramp slowly into the year but like we have seven festivals lined up um <laughs> Actually, it'll premiere, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, because of COVID, I won't be there, but it'll also uh, premiere in uh, the Republic of Ireland on uh, the night, day before on 225, uh, February 25th. So I'm stoked about that. And then, um, yeah, then I'll be hitting a bunch of festivals, um, about six or seven, again, some hybrid I'll get to the ones out in the west coast i'll definitely try to get to uh but yeah it's going to be uh and i'll actually be posting those on uh the website of the film uh we'll drop the name of that at the end
0: absolutely and and this will be good because as you know as a filmmaker you're going to be getting slammed with questions so this interview here will be a good little primer for you um let's see here uh this film if if we didn't already tell the listeners, it's a, basically a film about the history of surfing and its pioneers and some of the, um, you know, some of the hurdles that they overcame as they faced um, a brand new sport in a brand new country. And um, why don't you tell me a little bit about the, the very, probably the most important character in your film, uh, Kevin Cavey. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him? Was he the first surfer in Ireland?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, d- dibs and claims on first, uh, you know, I kind of made a m- my decision early in the process that I wasn't, I was signing up for a story of the start of first Surfing Ireland. I wasn't signing up to become official historian of right. uh, Surfing right. In right. Ireland. But, you know, Kevin is widely regarded. When I, when I started researching the film, I actually, I, I didn't, my initial kind of thought was like, hey, let's work on a script, Uh, for a film. I wasn't even really going documentary path, but I just started researching. I was like, hey, maybe there's a story of a Californian going to Ireland in the 60s. I had familiarity of Ireland kind of in the 70s when I went for the first time. And I was like, hey, that'd be cool just to see the contrast, you know, because Ireland had not yet been changed. And then when I, you know, one of the first uh, things when I started researching is Kevin's name started popping up. So I just did a reach out to him kind of cold from New York and he responded almost immediately saying, Hey, you happy to chat. And he actually had a self-published book, which I have actually right here, how green was our wave. All right. Um, and you know, I read it and, you know, I was like, um, you know, Kevin was definitely at the forefront of, you know, surfing when he kind of had his moment of epiphany in the early sixties. And, uh, you know, from that point, when I read his book, I just started really feeling to me that like, you know, the one thing that kind of started ringing out was um, just a bunch of the contrasts at the time. You know, here was this place that was, you know, really com- as far off of the, you know, the, the, the international circuit of surfing as you could get. And then, um, and then also, just in I- Ireland at an interesting time when it was going through change, changing from a really rural, small farms, which was where a lot of my family was uh, had their roots, to this modern, you know, Ireland that we know today, which is, you know, hey, very tech forward. You know, has, has really been transformed in many ways. And it just seemed interesting. And then also uh, the Troubles conflict. You know, when the when I started seeing those overlaps, I was just like. You know, it just seems like an interesting story uh, time for me to, to dig in to see what the story was of how it started.
0: Well, if you're like me, you're a little bit ignorant to the history of Ireland. And, and in fact, I'm one of those guys that's like, is he Irish? Is he British? Is he, is he mm-hmm. English? Is he is Wales? You know, like I'm just confused by it all. And it's really on me. But for our listeners, if you could give a, just a brief overlay of what the Troubles conflict was and where... Uh, Those various nation states sit within the Troubles conflict.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. So Ireland, um, you know, going back to, you know, 1200 years was under British control, you know, to to really rewind it. And, you know, obviously the British Empire had... Had its moment, like in the Roman Empire, where they 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 dominated uh, the world. But you know, and then you, you fast forward to the early um, part of you know 1920ish. Uh, there was a series of re- attempts by the Irish uh, to Irish, predominantly Irish Catholic, to gain independence from Britain. And then in you know 1920, basically they uh, there was a revolution that actually succeeded in the sense of establishing an Irish republic. But the Treaty of 1921 was imperfect in that it split the island. Um, Northern Ireland remained part of uh, the United Kingdom, whereas the Republic of Ireland was formed. And fast forward, you know, that imperfect treaty uh, led to uh, a bubbling up of uh, conflict. There was issues which I kind of learned as going through this documentary process that, you know, hey, there was... um, not equal rights up in Northern Ireland, Uh, you know, British um, citizens received, you know, different education standards, uh, uh, job opportunities, which led to the beginning of the Troubles conflict, which was, you know, predominantly the IRA trying to overthrow uh, the, the Occupation, as they would put it, of uh, Northern Ireland under British control. So that and that was really 1968 when the the story of this beginning of surfing kind of overlapped. So the two were very much on top of each other. And was uh, as I kind of started going into the story, you became prevalent that there were two camps, one in Northern Ireland based in Belfast and then another one, the Dublin crew. So that, that kind of was my fuel for the story is following these two distinct camps and there are different views.
0: And, and as we look at your film, you know, you, you mentioned Kevin Cavey and he was a sort of an evangelist for surfing in Ireland and he was waving the flag and going, Hey everybody, let's, I want you to, you know, and he was importing surfboards and he was spreading the good news of surfing, so to speak. And interestingly, as you know, because you made the film, <laughs> Roger Stedman joined forces with KV, and Roger Stedman was uh, from England, right? Yeah, that's so right. So we've got an Irishman and an English, and they're together promoting surfing, which in and of itself is sort of interesting, because you would think that these two camps maybe would be like, you know, oil and water.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you're very observant. You know, uh, Roger, you know, just for a little of his background, here he was this, you know, moving up the ladder quickly at Unilever 50s, early 60s, when, hey, when you were moving up the corporate ladder, it wasn't like, you know, 2022, or you kind of hop jobs. But here was this guy, he had got the surfing bug over in Jersey in um, the UK, and was like, you know, had this gut feeling that, hey, there's got to be waves over in Ireland. So he heard this job over at Unilever. And everybody was like, what, you're gonna go to Ireland? You're at headquarters. (laughs) And he's like, Yeah, I'm going to Ireland, and uh, you know, wound up to this day, he decided that he sees his time. He actually went on to become, you know, it's funny that that pivot for surfing uh, catapulted his career. He became a very successful international uh, marketing professional. You know, actually lives in Kenya now. Has lived in Africa for the last, you know, know, thirty years. But um, yeah, amazing because he he gets to Ireland and is like, "There's nobody surfing here," and he's like, "You know, does anybody looked at a map?" you know, it's like this is and then he quickly meets Kevin Cavey. And it's kind of uh, that moment, they kind of immediately click. And it's kind of uh, the different there was never any differentiation in Rogers words of uh, English versus Irish, they were surfing brothers.
0: Yeah, which is kind of what's um, one of the fascinating sort of tropes or themes through your film, is that, Surfing has this ability to sort of wipe away any of the um land born biases or any of the dramas that politically that have uh, you know crept up in people's lives when they go into the water. It's like hey, you know what you're you're either a goofy foot or a regular foot, and that's about as far as the sectarianism would go you know with yeah. us and and this is the case with with Kevin and Roger, and these guys get together and and they um like I said, they go out and they wave the flag for surfing. And in the process, Ireland gets more and more surfers, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's you know, like you know, while while we the political conflict was happening, you know, in the water, you know, there started to become quickly uh, two different camps. Uh, you know, the Roger and Kevin, you know, who came, they came from a business background and a marketing background. Roger were like, hey, how do you market it? How do you put it on the map? But then the crew up in Belfast who were actually living through this thing, the troubles, which was like, you know, just getting through the checkpoints every day and, you know, avoiding bombings. I think they realized quickly that this was paradise. And it was like, you know, they, they, although they were great surfers, they were like, you know, why let's not, let's not get this out of the gate too quickly and keep it to ourselves. So that's kind of the, that turns out to be like the, the conflict that kind of drives Um, you know, pretty much the second half of the film.
0: Yeah. So, you know, Kevin Naughton, who's uh, featured in your film, um, he brings up a sort of a great way to, he kind of posits it in the position of like, you've got these marketing guys in their, in their, in their blue jackets and their ties and they're out to market surfing and maybe for lack of a better phrase, commercialized surfing in Ireland. And then you've got these counterculture guys up in Belfast where, as you mentioned, this is where all of the turmoil is taking place. And if you don't know this, there's literally a border between Belfast and the rest of Ireland where once you cross the border a couple more kilometers and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm on the north shore of Oahu versus being in like, you know, Harlem, or just something, yeah, or, or Palestine. Arab? It's like yeah, it's Palestine. Be, Thank you. Yeah, yeah,
1: it can be really, you know, um, yeah, it was really, in and, and that contrast is, you know, very much, you know, to hear it in their words was, you know, to me, uh, that was extremely uh, powerful to kind of also just feel how important it was. Like you know, you know, I think Davy we who's one of our main, you know, characters, great uh, character from Belfast who like lived through the troubles. Um, an incredible character in his own right and surfer. Um, but, you know, he talks about, you know, the, the feeling of going across the border. It was just like, you know, it was like, you know, uh, a different world and you could leave everything behind, you know. And again, you're not talking a huge distance. This isn't like hundreds of miles in Ireland. It's like this is a span of like 30 miles. You got yeah. a huge difference.
0: Yeah. And, and so um, do you think that Kevin and Roger um, were just sort of I don't want to say ignorant because I don't think anyone was ignorant to what was happening, but they were in this lush, beautiful Southern Ireland with waves, you know, more or less all over and just kind of a, 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 an easier daily regime. And do you think that they understood what their counterparts in Belfast, Davy Govin and those guys were dealing with um, or was yeah. there like maybe some naivete? You
1: know, I think, you know, it's um, I think there was, you know, just, the reality of like, you know, uh, you know, even though Dublin and Belfast are, you know, probably the, the distance from like, uh, you know, a shorter distance from definitely San Diego to LA. It's like when you're like in, in Dublin, you know, the troubles did spill over, you know, outside of, um, you know, eventually Belfast, but you know, there was bombings in Dublin, but you know, in terms of stark difference you, you could be in in dublin and you would you would have no recognition that there was a conflict going on with like you know as you know it, 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 at the time in europe it was the worst conflict for many you know lasted 30 years um, um yeah, yeah. until you know finally it was brokered peace in 1998 um Someone but yeah it was. it's
0: still going on in some in some fashion maybe not with guns and and bullets but with um you know, what's happening with Boston College and um, the unearthing of these oral histories with the IRA. And anyway, that's pretty fascinating. I I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it went on for 30 years and it was like, you know, it would cool off, but then all of a sudden it would keep going, you know, uh, more bombings, more, you know, what they call the disappearings, which is, you know, people just, you know, disappearing and never finding them. And, you know, even, um, you know, Kevin Naughton, you know, because Kevin is an interesting perspective because obviously he's he's grew up surfing on the West coast and had traveled the world. So it's great to have his perspective in the film. And he went on to study at Trinity Dublin, but he, you know, even talked about some of the spots that he surfed in the seventies and eighties, you know, and they were still finding huge um, arms caches in yeah. the nineties the and two thousands. Um, but, you know, broadly so, you know, since 2000, uh, since rather 1998, the piece has held even with, Hey, Brexit, you know, they're still going through some stuff, you know, like that, you know, they, they, the, when Brexit happened and when exactly. I was conducting a lot of these interviews, you know, there was, I, we would talk for 30, 40 minutes, an hour with some of the subjects and I would casually bring up the subject of Brexit. And it was amazing how the tone just changed because, yeah. you know, it was like, there was a sense that this could bring it all back. You know, because, you know, Brexit essentially, you know, since, you know, um, the EU, the border had hard border had disappeared in the sense that it could bring it back. And, you know, it's still only a few years since Brexit. Um, We'll see. They're still working through things right now. Are you
0: suggesting that the monarchy might some way um, reestablish the entire Ireland, Island of Ireland as
1: well, no, uh, without getting too much on, I'm not a Brexit expert. So, but but, but no, no, but um, you know, broadly since the EU had formed like getting uh, goods, like the Britain was part of the the, the EU, Um, you know, going across the border was easy. Uh, There wasn't like, like you could drive across the border uh, without going, you know, showing a passport, Um, And then import and export of goods had gotten very easy. Uh, And then, you know, with uh, Britain voting right before, you know, the Trump election, I was kind of the the warning that this could happen here. And sure enough, it um, when they voted to leave the EU, then it was all of a sudden, okay, Northern Ireland is no longer part of, you know, the European Union, which, you know, actually, it's amazing. This Brexit issue was such a big issue but it it got tangled up for almost three years four years and one issue was at stake and it was uh what to do with northern ireland yeah it when you think about all the implications of like a pretty big country in europe um but it was northern ireland because i think there was so much feeling that this could set it back and you know knock wood it, it will hold the peace will hold and um but, you know, again, keep an eye on it. It's yeah. it's an interesting time. It was an interesting time being over there uh, this fall when uh, it premiered because, you know, they, they were kind of going through some bumps with the Brexit situation.
0: Yeah, yeah it is fascinating. I, I love um, kind of watching it, keeping an eye on it. Since I read the book uh, Say Nothing by, <clears throat> by Patrick Keith, I've got this new <clears throat> brand new found interest in the history of Ireland, I was completely ignorant to it, and I have a lot of Irish in me, and so I've sort of found this new oh my gosh, what you know, I'm just yeah, great, I'm just new to it. You know, I'm, I'm, great, I'm, I'm book, a cook.
1: great, fantastic book, yeah, amazing, yeah.
0: yeah. So, back to your movie. So, what we have here is we've got these guys in the south, Kevin and Richard, and they're the evangelists, and they're like, Let's have a surf contest, let's promote surfing, let's import surfboards, and you've also got these guys in the north, um, in Belfast, that Dave Davy Co, uh, Calvin. Uh, yeah, Davy Govin and, and Martin Lloyd and those guys, Alan Duke. And they're more like kind of hippie counterculture. And they're kind of going, you know what? Let's just go in the water. We'll be friends. Everything's cool. And it is. But at some point, there is a division. And it, and it sort of happens. And it culminates. And for, Tell me if I'm wrong. But in 1972, when the troubles are peaking, you've also got um, these guys that want to have the European surfing championships in Ireland
1: yeah so, so 72 you know when i you know was looking at some of the major events that happened you know it was you know the worst year of the troubles the most fatalities um during the whole you know 30 plus years of the troubles you know it was uh you know sporting events were canceled like some of the major sporting events like Brit- british teams would not travel particularly british teams but a lot of international teams were refusing to travel to ireland i think the only other major sporting event internationally in 72 was Ali came and did a fight
0: wow. in uh, in
1: Dublin um but but then all of a sudden you know um this uh Irish surfing team which was very new hey like it was like France was more established UK was much way more established they had uh, participated in a few European uh surf championships they said hey like in 71 we want to we want to hold it in 72 they raised their hand we have the waves on the west coast and you know that was the it turned out to be the only international sporting event held in ireland that year and you know as as you know with the fickleness of waves you know not to give away too much you know yeah. the the hope for moment for roger kevin and you know harry Steadman, the dublin crew to put ireland on the map they got skunked the weekend was absolutely flat but um but as, as fate would have it like the day after the competition wraps while well, really, contestants are headed off to go back to europe epic swell comes in that will, will wind up being written about for the next few months and you know the, the goal of kevin to put ireland on the map finally happens and it's you know starts becoming well known throughout europe
0: You know, it's kind of fascinating some of the parallels that uh, occur in in your movie and in history at the time that was taking place there in Ireland. And um, one of them is, you know, as you know, uh, there was this underlying sort of um, ideal or um, theme, I guess, or um, way of life that that was a part of living in Belfast in Northern Ireland, if you were a Catholic and that was this concept of say nothing, which is mm-hmm. the name of that book. And it basically meant if, if you get pulled over or you get questioned by the police, don't say a word. Because in that um, culture, if you snitch, you're as good as dead. And literally people, as you mentioned, disappeared because mm-hmm. they were snitches. And to this day, there's this culture of if you snitch out the IRA, you're going to die. And it's been proven out. And, and so you have the surfers in Belfast in Northern Ireland, Ireland, also saying, Hey, keep it a secret, you know, like basically saying, don't snitch out our, our little slice of paradise here. You know, we get to surf. It's great. It's groovy. Why are we um, promoting this thing? Do you think that that's that sort of theme of not being a snitch is what drove those Northern surfers to be sort of like secretive?
1: You know what? I think it was, um, you know, the correlation, um, you know, it never came up like, hey, like the, that was, but, um, but I think they just realized and, you know, hey, like I, you know, seeing some of these overlaps of like, hey, that was pervasive, you know, like, you know, you go through, make a wrong turn in Belfast, you know, somebody picking up on your accent, you know, where are you from, you know, it's like it, it could, you know, quickly turn into something of a, a very dangerous situation. So you kind of and I think Alan Duke talks about it. he's like going through the checkpoints, you just you say nothing exactly and uh and then you know so I very much you know it's like the, when I saw those two things, you know one was a pervasive you know say anything, say nothing you know because it's like you know it's probably to your own safety because you don't know because everybody you know the, the the very challenging thing of this conflict was other than many many things that were challenging of it is that You know, it's hard to... You have people, like, literally a block apart or on the same block, you know, who would be of one camp and the other. They all look basically kind of like me, like pasty Irish, you know, but you don't know where they, you know, the the expression I heard several times, you don't know what foot they kick with, you know, Ah, over there. And it's, you just don't want to reveal too much. But um, yeah, when I, you know, when, when I was working on the film, you know, when I started out, I was like, I saw these two things and I was like, hey, maybe there was somebody deeply involved. There could be. I didn't get enough pint and research time over there in pubs to, to find uh, whether there was a, an army person surfing or an IRA member. But um, so what I kind of felt like, hey, the, the conflict that I, this film covers is more, hey, the conflict between don't tell everybody about, you know, this is a surfing paradise and then putting like the troubles conflict below it yeah. but they kind of reinforce each other they're similar kind of like there's a similar kind of message although very different in terms of like you know what's the under thing one is very much more serious one yeah. is more about you know the preservation of a surf uh secret spot which is a, a huge theme no matter where you surf.
0: exactly that's just what i was going to say like this is this is the theme throughout surfing you know like show up by yourself or show up with four guys in your car or, you know, tell people about your great session that you had on Instagram or why, why are you doing that? You know, this is something that is universal in the world of surfing, as you know, Sean, and, and that's kind of neat that you, underneath that you have, as you mentioned, a very similar situation with the political strife in Ireland. Um, tell me about um, some of the, well, this is interesting. Mm. So I've, I of course went on um, Google earth and I started scouring yeah. the West coast of Ireland for waves, you know, and um, it seems like Bundarin's like the spot, right? Like that's like the, that's like the lower trestles of Ireland.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got a great peak, you know, I think uh, Davey um, you know, talks about it, you know, kind of give him, he talks about two spots, you know uh, you know, one thing, one of my, closest friends Brian Donahue a journalist and guy I've been friends with since high school he was like warning me Brian was like you you gotta watch it about how many spots you talk about because you might be persona non grata after this film and so you know and also my cinematographer uh, Kev L. Smith uh, who's who lives right at the Cliffs of Moore. Uh, right near Lahinch, I mean, literally, it was jealousy. He was like, he was doing some drone footage, and he would show me, like, yeah, I'm gonna go out. It looks like it's eight to ten feet, and it's nobody out. I'm like, oh, geez, it's <laughs> like. Um, but um, you know, I we kind of made the decision. I, I made the decision early that like, uh, I would talk about the ones that were very well established. Yeah, and uh, and then even Kev would say, can you help me with some identities of the, some of these spots in the footage at the end? And he's like, no, nah, I, you know, I'll just that, that that's that's like. Let's we'll leave that one as like Mayo. Okay, he's kind of giving. This is Claire, and kind of like yeah, keeping it, yeah. let's keep it kind of there. And I, I think that was the right decision.
0: Yeah, it's I, it's funny because I was going, wow. Sean named his film "Keep It a Secret," which suggests to me that you're sort of siding on one side of the equation here. You're not, but of course, as you just mentioned, it's really more about like these the spots that are known are known, and if they're not known, go find them yourself. You'll enjoy the experience of the journey, you know and and I think most surfers get that.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, as you look back in hindsight, you know, I think about Kevin and Roger, and I think to myself, what if those guys didn't do what they did? Where would surfing in Ireland be now if there weren't any evangelists? And and, and frankly, would, would Davey and Alan and those guys up north even have existed if it weren't for Kevin? Maybe that's a stretch.
1: Yeah, no, I think, you know, um, it's a good question and I've thought about it a little bit is, um, you know, and I think even Kevin Naughton talked about it is, uh, you know, cause Kevin, Kevin Naughton having come from, you know, Long Beach and, you know, grew up in Southern California and really had seen like the surfing explosion of the seventies and lived through it. And then he wound up traveling the world with, you know, his partner, Craig Peterson to kind of look for exactly the kind of spots that he found in Ireland, remote yeah. places, took him around the world several times, um, to do that. He, um, but, uh, you know, Kevin said, you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous. And even David Govan in the North, Northern Ireland, Belfast crew said, you know, it was, it was going to change eventually. It was just like, you know, they, they just had, uh, I think the ones uh, in the North had a deep appreciation of just how special it was, you know, yeah. about like this, this is, and, you know, Kevin Naughton, you know, he kind of talks about it again, it, it is like, a once in a lifetime thing, you know, to have like 2000 miles of coastline to about, you know, a crew of 10. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I think it would have happened. It's just, you know, I think, you know, the Kevin and Roger, their passion and evangelization is it it's probably sped it up, you know, much faster than it probably would have happened if it was just the Belfast crew, you know, kind of keeping it to themselves
0: and and i do sense that the belfast guys were like they were in such a pressure cooker that to just go out and like oh you know and, and and have that relief that the ocean provides us that we all know about that that sense of just kind of getting away from it all and you know you know for lack of you know not wanting to get into dogma but the spiritual con- the spiritual aspect of getting in the ocean and feeling a power greater than yourself i'm sure that was a big deal for those guys much more so than if you're like you know way down in wherever way down in the south and you're like just another day in a beautiful ireland you know and there's not as much drama
1: yeah yeah absolutely i mean like that that thread of you know hey the, the surfing provides escape weather hey you know even also even viv evans you know who's this, really the first you know female surfer in ireland you know she was uh, amazing like a another generation of 10, you know, kids in the family yeah. and like, Hey, is you know, there was two routes, you know, I think Viv talked about, it's like you either become a housewife or kind of, you know, become a nun. were are like the two main, <laughs> you know, and she was like, she was great. I mean, she's such a character. She, um, you know, she, her father had such faith in her and knew she was like fearless. Like he taught her, I, we didn't get this in the film, but it's like, uh, you know, he, he taught her to drive at the age of 11 you know so she's driving around dublin with like these this block on her foot because her mom was just kind of a skittish driver Yeah. and then uh, and she would go to the like, grocery store run groceries but then also get you know sneak some cigarettes and then she's like going off with her these guys is the only girl surfer but like for her, her you know the surfing you know was a huge escape so there's you know all kinds of like escapes you know and then kevin and I think Kevin, you know, his escape was like, he he was run, running a family business. He's yeah. kind of the dutiful son. Like surfing provided a huge escape for him. So, you know, like that theme of like uh, escape kind of runs through it. It's just that, you know, the stakes were, you know, very different for each of the people involved in the film.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because really when we boil it down, that's what this is for all of us, right? It's an escape. Whether we acknowledge it or not, on some level, it's like kind of just like letting the burdens of life kind of go their way and get in the water and dive in. And so you understand, well, if we have a limited resource for escaping,
2: mm-hmm. why are we
0: promoting the limited resource for escaping? And if, and this is something that goes through, I think, all surfers' minds at some point. And I always go back to Duke Honomoko. I'm like, well, Duke was like, aloha, spread it. Yeah, let yeah. Everyone, Let everyone have it. And part of that, I think, comes from the Polynesian culture where – the ocean is just a part of their fabric. So like when they get it, they're like, dude, there's going to be another swell tomorrow. Don't stress it. Whereas yeah. myself personally, I'm like, Oh my God, this is the last swell ever. You know, like I'm just right, like right. kind of geeking. And so, um, you know, it's just this weird sort of dichotomy where it's like this wonderful thing, but if it's so wonderful, if you truly love it, let it go, let other people experience it.
1: Yeah. That, that, that tribal aspect of it that, you know, Hey, there's, you know, that uh, there's that two mindsets of, you know, the one that is like more of the Kevin, the Dublin crew, it's kind of like share it, like the Duke, you know, kind of oh. get it out there. And then, hey, there, you know, there is that, you know, I'd say, you know, Ireland have, you know, being Irish, it's like, you do see like some things, you know, people keep it to themselves, like on oh. that. And I think that kind of pulled it ways through in terms of the, the mindset of, uh, you know, not on similar of like those, the localism you'd encounter at any break, in any yeah. you know you know favorite spot on like you know close to your hometown
0: yeah just and use common sense i, I guess my next question is like do you see this film as a promotion for like because like i was on google earth i'm like where are the killer waves maybe i want to go there I'm, I'm i've got a ton of irish in me i'd like to check it out play golf whatever yeah you know it, is is the film going to promote surfing in ireland and I know that's not the purpose of it. Yeah. yeah did you yeah. get any pushback on that? Or do you, I mean, you mentioned some of the guys that you were working with over there. How do you sense that that's going to go?
1: Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll see. I mean, right, right now, like uh, the reception, you know, in Ireland, you know, when I f- we first screened in Belfast and then we did um, and I, you know, I have a yeah, first time director, first screening. I, I was like, the part I've, there were several parts I was stressing. I was like, yeah. hey, does this movie have any entertainment value? Number one, because it's like, you know, that's yeah. the main goal. Is like, if you're going to a movie uh, still in my mind is um, <laughs> and, uh, but also like I was covering some heavy topic, you know, it's like, here's this guy from New Jersey, you know, talking about the troubles, you yeah. know, even though I try to get, get out of the way and let, you know, the Belfast crew tell the story. Um, but um, you know, the feedback and then then the second screening was up at port rush which is on the northern causeway coast uh kind of facing the north sea where a lot of the belfast crew had moved to Uh um in the 70s kind of to get away from the troubles and also just be at a surf break Um, but the, the reception so far in the surfing community in ireland has been pretty uh pretty overwhelming like in like you know people just appreciating um like obviously surfing has exploded in Ireland I go back to where my family I have my strongest roots in Strand Hill in Sligo on the uh west coast which is now a huge like surf mecca on the west coast just a a couple of miles down from Mulligmore which one of the most famous breaks in you know Europe um no but they're, they're like a lot of the surfers amazingly well a lot of the surfers in their 20s never lived through the troubles right. they don't know about that even which didn't really occur to me um when i was making the film but uh but also to hear like the origin story i think you know there's a there's an appreciation that like to hear some of the stories of how it started is um is being appreciated and you know whether it kind of puts ireland more on the map i uh, the irish tourism board hasn't formally endorsed the film or <laughs> written me a check yet so uh or, or aerolingus but um you know where to find me if you do if, you're, if anybody's listening on that um but you no know, i you will we'll see on that front you know whether it uh you know right now it's like uh, i am kind of really delighted about the response uh, there's like i think uh we have seven festivals over the next uh two months and uh it seems like you know the film is um you know picking up interest as it gets word out there a little bit more
0: well, like as you know, I mean, we live in this world of um, social media and instant access to content. And that wave that you mentioned more, I mean, those big wave riders, they have done – they're going to do way more and have already done so much to put Ireland on the map that, that this is just sort of like salt on top of the um, lobster tail, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, I, I don't – I think it's uh, – I don't think there's an issue. Now, I do wonder, is there – like Davy's crew – those guys that were kind of like, hey, let's keep it a secret, you know, mm-hmm. is there a generation below them that have sort of the same that were brought up under the same culture and have sort of the same ideals and norms regarding hush hush? You know what I mean? I think,
1: you know, my perspective, you know, the, the one thing I would say about Ireland is. Um, and, and, uh, and I don't hit on this heavy, you know, hey, it's, the film's about an hour. It's not like, you know, again, independent film. I was like, I didn't have the resources to do like the three-part documentary. But the one thing uh, that, that is an important footnote, which I, I think uh, is worth mentioning, is that um, even though, hey, like Ireland is Republic of Ireland, the island, and Northern Ireland, two distinct countries, uh, the Irish Surfing Association is one. Um, there is no distinction to this day. And right. I think that is a, you know, testament to the ethos that these guys did bring in the end, you know, that like, you know, hey, even, Al- even though Alan Duke stepped away from competition, Davey Gobbin stepped away, um, you know, th- they did look at it as like, hey, it- it's one island. You know, yeah. and I think, you know, like I look at like um, like Andy Hill, a great surfer whose father, Ian uh, Hill, was a great surfer from Port Rush. Like Andy was the like Irish Surfing Championship many years. And, you know, like I, when I sat with him, although Andy isn't in the film, um, you know, he views it as one. And he, I got the sense that he's like, you know, very much like, you know. He, the folks I, I spent I didn't spend a lot of time I spent most of my time with like 70 and 80 year olds when I made this film yeah. um, because of the topic um but uh you know the 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 the, the what I'm picking up on um you know is at least so far in the screenings I've been in Ireland and, and is that like hey it's it seems like that's you know intact and also uh you know I'm sure but I'm sure, Hey, like there's other instances of it, you know, at the same way, localism in orange County to yeah. LA, it's like, you know, I'm kind of learning new surf breaks here as the yeah. East coast guy out here. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always there, but I also, my, also another experience is that I, uh, at least, you know, my 25 years surfing is like, uh, I think if you go with the right mindset to the water, you um, you're going to be fine. Like I've yeah. never really been scared off a break yet. You yeah. know, that like yeah. a, a, like hey, if you along as you show respect and get in there, um, you know, uh, you, there's not going to be pro- trouble. Well,
0: a couple of things that you mentioned which I think are fascinating. And one is that surfing in Ireland is unified the nation, the country, the, yeah. island. the it's island. Unified yeah. the island, which is really powerful, right? Yeah. That's that's really cool. And and that was the case way back when 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 they were you know, when it was first starting out in 66 or whatever. Mm-hmm. The other thing that, that you mentioned, which I find um, fascinating is this concept of, you know, you have two different, Like, so I did a film. I did a film about the Vietnam War and surfing. And I had a guy that went to the war, volunteered and a guy who dodged the draft. Mm. And at the end of the, so I got two different vibes going out. And at the end of the film, I brought them together. And I'm wondering if you ever had the thought of bringing Davy and, and Kevin together. I mean, are they? do they have like some camaraderie from the past that they wanted to rekindle? Or was there any thought as a filmmaker to bring those two together?
1: You know, uh, of the many wishes uh, that kind of died in terms of like my financing for the film, being able to, I was actually, there's a few things that, that I would have loved to have seen that happen, you know, to get them both in the water. Um, yeah. I was hoping to get one more, shoot in. Um, but you know, COVID just, you know, yeah. I, I was hoping to go over there. I had a, I wish list go back, get up with Davey and Kevin to have them catch up. Um I, I would have liked that would have been a really nice to get. But then yeah. you know, as you know, yeah. as you're familiar with as a filmmaker, you're like, okay, yeah, you, I'm done. Here's what I got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like when I when I kind of set like June 30th as our, our pencils down and you know avid closed for editing. Yeah. We kind of like t- trust me. There were some heated discussions between my producer, yeah. who is amazing, Sabina K- Buell is a well-established editor in her own right, yeah. and Jay Cooper. You know, uh, they were like, "Hey, we do a few more things," and I kind of was like, "You know, it, uh, it's pencils down time on this." And uh,
0: you know, an- if, another if interesting- for
1: two, maybe we'll get to that stuff. So. Okay,
0: good. Well, I was. Here is what I, my thought is on that. Actually, is that we did that. And, and as I look back on it, I think it was corny. I think it was a little bit corny. You know how it is as a filmmaker. I know you've done this already. You're like, why didn't I do it like this? Or I should have changed this. You know, a million times you've seen the film 45, 50 times. You're like, okay, this would have been better this way. So it's kind of neat in a weird way that those are, those are untied ends, that they're loose, that they're floating around there. Like as an end user consumer, Oh, do those guys still, do they get along? Or is it like, That's in a weird way. It's it could be considered a good thing.
1: Well, I appreciate that. It's good. (laughs) That's my spin. That's the way it ended. I I, I, thank you for making me feel better about the ending. (laughs) That's good.
0: It's a great film, Sean. You should be really happy. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned a lot, and I'm engaged. Like I'm like I'm on Google Earth for God's sake. Like looking around. (laughs) Like God, there's a lot of deep water. Where are the waves? (laughs) But um, tell me a little bit about. Um, how can we get guys to, how can people see the film? What What are the next steps? I know you have an Instagram, Sean. Yep. Keep it a secret film is on Instagram and I'm following that. And I urge yep. all my listeners to do that. And Tell me some more about where people can get the film.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll run, you know, also you can go to keep it a secret film.com. I'll be posting. Um, I have, to do it today, uh, post, um, the upcoming seven festivals we have locked, um, we, we are going to have, a uh, you know, given, hey, COVID, we're still kind of in that, you know, hopefully, uh, as things kind of wind down with this current wave, um, like a bunch of the festivals are going to be, uh, so it'll be streaming up in Canada in about a month at the part of the Toronto Irish Film Festival, um, but yeah immediately if you're if you're in california the oceanside film festival will be on uh 226 saturday i think it's the final film of the day kevin naughton i think will be there too um, and then uh dublin you, for your international listeners it'll actually start streaming in ireland on uh, 225 uh february 25th and then after that i'll it to chicago uh san francisco and uh, actually, Newport, Rhode Island, Newport and um, in, in, uh, part of the Newport Film Festival. So a uh, bunch of festivals coming up and then, you know, starting to also just have conversations about distribution. So, uh, yeah. yeah, just follow us on uh, Instagram or uh, the website and uh, I'll post updates soon.
0: Cool. Cool. Now, um, do you have Irish citizenship?
1: I do. Yeah. My father uh no longer us, but patrick duggan uh had the foresight you know i was studying abroad in spain in 1992 and he's like i'm gonna start the paperwork on this because i think you're (laughs) this is good this eu thing is going to be a deal so uh yeah so i'm a dual citizen and uh my kids uh have also uh uh dual citizenship too so uh which is a reminder we have renewed passports in the duggan family because we've let a lot expire um uh, during uh, the COVID.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You want to get those. You're going to be good to have that as an out. If you ever need to just get the hell out. Yeah. No, right. trust
1: me. I I wanted to get that done during a uh, a recent presidency.
0: Yeah. I hear you. Tell me about other stuff that's in the works from, from a filmmaker. I know you're, you're probably like, dude, give me a break. I just finished. I'm tired, but I think that there's a lot, and I'm not saying you and I, or anyone needs to undertake these, but as far as really great stories, in the surf space are there any that you're like god that story needs to get told that's actually a really good story there's great conflict a great story arc nobody's even thought about it is there anything like that that's kind of like in the back of your brain
1: well you know it's um you know the now that i have a moment you know i've had you know i'm not editing and i'm just kind of like having enjoying conversations talking to folks who are passionate about surfing or the film um you know i am my mind is starting to go towards uh you know, it's funny, like the original idea of this was, Hey, a scripted story. And now I'm actually circling back to potentially a scripted adaptation of this, uh, because, you know, there's some, there's so many characters, which, you know, just out of, you know, uh, the product of necessity that I couldn't, some of them are deceased. Yeah. Like, you know, like one guy, Clive Davies, you know, a, a guy from Northern Ireland, known as the dolphin a prolific swimmer from Enniskillen, you know, the stories of him were like yeah. off the charts, but having literally one photo of him, it kind of prohibits your way to kind of if you yeah. can't show it. Um yeah. And then, you know, just some of the stories of you know, pulling making this story a little bit more rich. I think there's uh I'm gonna be diving into a little bit of the scripted uh angle of this potentially.
0: Yeah. That makes then, uh, of sense.
1: Yeah. There's just a, there's a bunch of things.
0: I mean, I I, just like sort of the cliche thing is that, you know, you've got an IRA member that's a surfer in Belfast and you've got this guy down here in the South and, they don't see it eye to eye and there's some drama and some conflict. Blah, blah. I mean, you can, you know, you get it. And then at the end they come together and Ireland's reunited in the yeah. form of these two people, you know, like that's sort of the rough, you know, like there's a lot there. There's a lot of excitement. There's probably a minor little subplot love story somewhere and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> where, boom. Here you go. You know
1: I mean? Yeah. And there's a, you know, and like so many of the stories, like, I think, you know, visually it's like, you know, I, that, I, you know, in the span of an hour, you can only get so many in. Um, but like, you know, also uh, just, you know, the exploration stories of like, you know, like, you know, just like uh, Willie Britton mentions it briefly, but like the full story of like when, you know, farmers started seeing them surfing around Rasnala. you know, like, there's a boy walking on the water down there. <laughs> and it's just like, like those kind of things to capture that cinematically would be, yeah. you know, wonderful. And I think really fun. So, uh, yeah, so I'm definitely you know, starting to work on that and then just things also, uh, you know, just beyond surfing on my original yellow board uh yellow uh list uh kind of revisiting some ideas just kind of get going but i'm kind of yeah i am kind of itching to start um some other projects
0: yeah good good for you it's obvious that you're you're a creative guy and you've got um you've got the juices and it seems like you've got a good network there you're in la now so that's a good thing and um well sean what else what have we missed here we have we touched on everything I think we covered a lot.
1: Um, sorry, I got a printer going off in the background here. Um, so. But uh, no, it's, um, you know, I think the biggest thing on my end, um, hang on one second, Scott, this, uh, if this is, um, I'm going to send a text, no sure. printing for the next few minutes. Um, no, uh, I mean, on my end, you know, I just, um, you know, I think, you know, the story, I, I what I hoped to accomplish when I kind of set out on this film was, you know, um, yeah, obviously he, you've seen, I've heard your interview with Dana Brown. It's like you're a huge film fan in your own right and filmmaker. Um, You know, what I tried to do here was like uh, just uh, I hope I got somewhat close to it was tell an Irish story through the prism of surfing. And, you know, I think that that was kind of what I I feel pretty comfortable with the way it came out, Uh, obviously. To your point, you have like a lot of things that you would have loved to tweak. Um, but, yeah, really, I'm super stoked just to get the film out there and just share it with folks who yeah. uh, are passionate about surfing and, uh, you know, and hopefully just enjoy a good story.
0: Yeah. Uh, you did a great job, Sean. You should be proud of yourself and your crew. It's a it's a fun I, – I thoroughly enjoyed it. And believe me, if I didn't, I would tell you. We wouldn't be talking. <laughs> I'd be like, no, nope, next, no. Uh, so you passed the very low bar of my <laughs> my <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> I appreciate that bar, Scott. I do. <laughs> well, look, Sean, um, keep it a secret, film.com. That's where people can go. And um, if you're in the North San Diego area on the 26th of February, Oceanside Film Festival, um, and I'll probably be there. I look forward to seeing you. I'm just a few miles away from there, actually. And I'd like to run into, I'd like to see Kevin. I actually sent Kevin... Uh, I called him and left a voicemail. I'm surprised he didn't get back to me because I'm like, I want to talk to you about this stuff.
1: Ah, he's he's he's, that guy's still a traveler. Kevin is, you know, trust me, uh, he was so generous with his time. He and both Craig Peterson, but uh, I love it. They're still uh, traveling surfers. You know, he's probably down in Baja enjoying some waves.
0: I bet he is. I I actually spent two and a half, three weeks with Kevin on an Indo boat trip, so I got my fair share of good Kevin Naughton stories. Believe me.
1: Amazing storyteller.
0: Yeah, it's fun. All right, well, Sean, uh Doug, and thank you so much, buddy, and um uh thanks for being a part of the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott. Real pleasure. See you soon.
0: Yeah. Okay, see
1: ya. <laughs>
0: we yeah. yeah.